This is Comictating, the comic book review arm of the Nerdables family of podcasts. And as always, Comictating is generously sponsored by Earth 2 Comics. Let the nerds take over! Us? Huh? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another issue of Comictating. We are coming to you live to tape from Northridge, California. I'm joined by my partner, Sebastian, as always, and we're going to talk about comics this week. We're going to talk about comics that actually don't have the Rebirth trade dress on top of them. Uh, but the first one will be a DC book anyway. Um, so we're going to we're gonna expand a little. We're going to get into the other companies that exist. There are other companies that produce comics. There are. I've, I've heard of a company called Marvel. Marvel. Uh, aren't they? They're just a movie company, though. Ah, I'm pretty yes, sure yes. they don't. They make the. They, they made the them. comics after the movie. They right. Licensed right. comics afterwards. There's a uh, you know the image. Image. We'll do some image, and then there's a dark horse. The dark horse. And uh, Omni. Dynamite. Uh. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever cover a dynamite book, but uh, IDW. Oh, IDW. we should have done Revolution. Maybe we'll do Revolution next week. Okay. I wouldn't I mind talking about it. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, as fans of those, a lot of those brands, uh, the IDW Revolution takes uh, the bulk of the Hasbro brands like G.I. Joe, Transformers, ROM, and Mask, and Micronauts, I think, and puts them into their own shared universe. So it'll be interesting. It comes out this week, but we'll get a chance to do it next week. Uh, this week we're going to cover from DC, Raven, and Trinity, which are new this week. We're going to cover Doom Patrol from last week because we didn't get a chance to talk about it, and it's a very interesting book. And then we're going to cover Rick Remender and Jerome Opinia's Opinions? Wow, Opinions. New Seven to Eternity. I can't speak English. Um, from Image English? as that's well. Impossible. Me feel English? That's impossible. Uh, <laughs> I always remember that because when. Gosh, I don't remember which birthday it was. My friend threw a party for me, and her friend Tanya gave me a card that just says, You turn this age? That seems. <laughs> that's impossible. It's like, where, where did this come from? Why? We love Ralph. Oh, Ralph Wiggum. Uh, speaking of Simpsons, I got to uh, take a look at the cover for the Treehouse of Horror. <sighs> so excited when I saw it. It's Ghostbusters S- uh, as, tribute yeah. Yeah. Uh, short, and the cover is a tribute. I'm super excited about that. Yeah, it, that that's always that was one of the first Simpsons books that I, I would just pick up regularly. It would be the one oh, yeah. you know, special every year, because Treehouse was always a, a treat. Treehouse Literally. is a treat, and those, uh, those uh Character one shots are always great. Oh yeah, the the first ones especially the Ralph Wiggum and the Homer. The Ralph Wiggum is one of the best like single comics you'll ever read. Yes, Homer's Ralph Wiggum, really good. Definitely uh, one of the ones. Uh, I, I enjoyed the Milhouse McBain one too. one too. McBain was great because McBain was you had to unfold it completely. I loved the. I, lo- I also loved that it was concept. a the the movie poster. Yeah, for a McBain side. movie. It was a it was a cool concept. There's there's some really good stuff that comes out from bongo it's very straightforward uh they're one of the few companies everything is re- actually has panel work um, it does but i've been finding myself buying a lot of you know different issues of simpsons and um futurama they used Futur- to do. futurama's got some great uh issues there's an issue that they released last year for uh the, the cover is that brannigan instead of captain america nice punching uh punching an alien and the whole thing is is like a takeoff on superhero comics and captain america and stuff like that it's brilliantly done Really, really brilliantly done. So yes, Bongo's fantastic. You can find those collections of the old Radioactive Man. If you're a comic book Please fan, read them. They're yeah, really they're good. they're all the they're all parodies and satires of uh, of comic book tropes through the decades. So they're really, really well done. 
uh, the the especially I think the especially I've been to some of their panels and the one thing that comes across from the people at Bongo is that they love the Simpsons and Futurama just as much as you do yeah and they are just as nerdy about it and all those people who come together to do those books know yeah, so much and super and they consistent. have so much fun. I mean except yes, for except for uh, Sonic the Hedgehog probably the only thing on the rack that has triple digits yeah the Simpsons comics are up in the 200s I mean they've been doing this for well more than a decade um might even be 20 years now for some of them um in fact we're here in uh earth 2 and northridge they actually have uh, so this used to be a golden apple comics and they had a lot of posters signed posters that they lacquered onto the wall and uh, at one point here you find it uh we have a simpsons poster from the first release of the bongo comics and it's actually signed by a few of the people who were working on it at the time i always bring my books with me when i go to cons or whatever where i know bongo has a presence and i always forget to try and see if I can get some stuff. I still, I still have one in my like. Co- I have a small section in one of my short boxes of comics to be signed. Stuff I bought specifically. Yes, for. yeah. It's a great cover that has like the bulk of the characters. It's just gorgeous. I've always wanted to get it signed, but I always forget. Um, but let's go with this week. We're gonna start with Raven. Uh, from DC Comics, written by Marv Wolfman. He's back. He's back. The Wolfman is back. The Wolf. That's one actually. His namesake has one of the greatest like comics code censorship stories, where uh, he was mentioned in a book, I believe, in one of the like the editor sections as a response, and the comics code wouldn't let DC publish it. I believe it was DC. <laughs> they wouldn't let it publish it because like, oh, you made a reference to a Wolfman here. I'm <laughs> sorry, you can't make references to any sort of supernatural monsters. Like, no, no, no. His name is actually. Wolfman, he's not. We're not talking about the mythological. He's not beast. a Wolfman. Although if he doesn't wear a full beard, it's just it's a loss. Yes, because your name is Wolfman. Uh, One of the nicest people on planet Earth. Just like yeah. so can you, you made mention of a Wolfman here. I'm sorry, we can't publish this book. Oh. Uh, and Marv Wolfman's important for this. Marv Wolfman um, is the creator of the Raven character as he was writing and the Titans Teen Titans themselves. with with uh, George Perez, which was a book that. You know, if you if you're you're not super into the history of comics as a whole, that book is bigger than anything you could think of today. There's nothing that really equates to it in terms of of, of comics. At the time, it was X Men was it, that was it. It was just X Men, right. X Men, and X Men. And uh, Titans one comes out with the Wolfman and Perez, and it beats X Men consistently for you know a couple of years. That book was gangbusters. Uh, so yes, Raven was a character created by them who's gone through a lot of different incarnations. Um, you may know her best from Teen Titans Go. Teen Titans the, Go uh, and the, uh, the regular Teen Titans series. series. Yeah. Um, they tried sort of retooling the idea of Teen Titans doing things like Young Justice, but that classic Teen Titans is something yeah. that is always going to be in the back of people's heads. And it's it's neat in Teen Titans Go because it really kind of dissects that character into that basic, you know, she's she's never happy and she's in that almost a, a an exaggerated sense of the goth character yes, yes. Uh, but truly goth because she is the daughter of a demon yep, a yep. true demon um so we have a uh, marvel open writer allison borges doing the art which is actually really nice reminds me a lot of uh, barry kitson a little who bit did jla year one very clean lines very thin um but good backgrounds there's a high school scene interior that looks fantastic and the, the crux of the story is basically that Raven has decided to go to San Francisco to seek out her mother's sister, uh, so her aunt and their family. And it's presented very early. Uh, she kind of explains her background. She is the, uh, the, the, the true daughter of a devil 
which she calls the devil, um, making her a devil's daughter. And the family that she's living with is a Christian family. They have the, the cross. They have uh, Jesus on the mount as the uh, as one of the pictures there. They pray before uh, before um, their meetings. before dinner. And I've got to say, this is this is one of the things with th- this kind of modern takes in 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 mass media we've kind of taken we've turned christianity into the bad guy um rather than to focusing on just specific people one way or the other what i like in here is it's not it's not mocked it's not no it's very straightforward you know in in terms of the way that raven sits there and goes oh what what am i in the middle of and not because oh this is so stupid it's but just sort of like this is not comfortable for me because something else but as she says at first that she's made a mistake coming here, she realizes that they are they're good people um, that that are truthfully trying to help her and have genuine concern from her, even though they don't really know her. She says, you know, uh, the, that her mom had never really mentioned uh, her her sister, her aunt, and the family. So she comes here kind of out of the blue, just looking for some direction. Uh, there's an event that that happens in Detective Comics that kind of shakes her. Right, it's uh, the sort of the the crux of yeah. Sort her of like I need, I, I'm not sure where I'm going. Um, you know, her friends have gone their separate. She says her friends have gone with their separate ways. Uh, prepare for her future. With whether she's on a team like the Teen Titans or not, she's trying to understand her past, herself, her family. She's trying to fit in and be normal, not knowing what the heck normal is for her. So, um. I like to, I I liked it because again I, I it's kind of almost kind of turns some of those those tropes on their ear when she's first introduced as she's walking through these hallways everyone's looking at her like Ee. but within a few pages she has people that are interested in being her friend like genuine people who want to kind of get the get to know the new person invite them out to do something she helps one of her classmates there um, but there's also there's something following her there's something trying to figure out. I don't know if it's what, who she is or what she is, but there's um, there's there's something that in the school that's been kind of scanning her, yeah. as she puts it. Yeah, uh, she feels, she's got like the feeling of being watched. She uh, the she has a nightmare the day before previous that uh, concerns her adoptive family in a way. They are her real family, but yeah. we've never really met her before. And it, so so there is something going on, and I like it's a mini series. Just to get that right out of the way, it's a six, yeah, six issue. Issues. This is the first part, and I'm I really really dug this issue a lot. I think Marv Wolfman brings something to the to the Titans characters that a lot of other writers don't, and that's not necessarily saying that the other writers do a bad job, but just being essentially the father of the Teen Titans and yeah. the sort of the creator of what we see teen superheroes to be in the modern era. He brings something, just that little extra special, and also his time in the industry uh, has has brought him uh, to put in a lot of good stuff. I feel like he's not out of touch. The big worry is that someone who is as long-lived as Marv Wolfman would kind of have like an out-of-touch, overly hokey feel. I get the yeah. feeling people would be worried, like, oh, he's bringing a little too much of the 70s or something with him. But no, he knows how to stay modern. Uh, he's done a lot of work in video games. You'll probably see his name in the credits for a lot of stuff. So he's a guy who's constantly stayed working and tried to be on top of uh, the modern zeitgeist, to use a very uh, overly used word. 
but no it's big it's words from sebastian big words from sebastian that uh are overly pretentious <laughs> but definitely a guy who brings that little extra something special it's it's he's a guy who's basically bringing like like i'm i'm the creator of these characters i i there's a little more insight into their creation well, there's a little more intimacy with and a little more well. intimacy too um you know, and kind of as you're, as you're kind of changing her her role, she's not with the Teen Titans. She's with a family that she's never been with before. These are all characters uh, that are new to us, yes. but it feels genuine since you have someone who is so connected with that character in the first place. Right. Um, and again, it's all played straight. Yeah, we 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 talk, what book were we talking about that with? I think it was something we were talking about at one point where it didn't feel it felt right that that type of person would be coming. Or maybe we were doing it on Nerdables. I don't remember what it was. It was something that, you know, like, well, if anyone's going to come back and do something with it, then it might as well be them. And now I can't remember. I'm staring off into space. I can't remember hmm. at all. Like, if you well, remember, listen. If you remember, yeah. Please let us know. <laughs> if you can jog my memory, because I'm a senile old man that all of a sudden can't remember anything. What is a comic book? What are all these pictures inside of this thing? You mean there's a guy uh, out there who sits in front of a pencil and paper and what? takes well, a... Not anymore. They, they use a Syntec. Sits <laughs> in front of a... A tablet. A, a magic a, a, screen. Yeah, drawing tablet. And uh, it's amazing. You Make think the, of the colorful way, pictures. You think of the way comics are made today. It's, it's incredible. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It was incredible back then, but uh, it's still incredible now. That, yeah, it's just the, the, the change in it. You, know, you don't have that, to mail anything anymore. You also don't have any original art to sell, which is yes. always kind of interesting. It's that uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yes. Ooh. Oh, we're getting... Sebastian's getting deep. You're getting deep. We love when Sebastian gets getting deep. deep. Next movie we want to talk about is Trinity. Uh, this, again, is another DC Universe book. It's the Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman book. It's uh, Francis Manipal writes and draws. Manipal and uh, Bucoletto did the Flash series coming out of New 52. Uh, Manipal did the – he was he got uh, co-story credit. Bucoletto did story and and uh, dialogue. And Manipal did the art. Uh, Manipal's art is stupid gorgeous, as always. His colors are great. It has a, a, a very light, almost a pastel sense to it. Watercolor pastel. Yeah. It's beautiful. Beautiful it, stuff. It's beautiful stuff. And – this is a although it's listed as number one, it is you know the first of the series. It does kind of fall into what a lot of those rebirth specials have been doing for the past three months, and that's setting up this kind of story here. From from you know what we've known since the beginning of rebirth, the Superman that is in our universe is the pre New Fifty Two Superman, and the characters of Wonder Woman and Batman uh, have lived through their New Fifty Two lives. In the case of Wonder Woman, she's now looking at her New 52 life, pre-New 52 life. She's trying to figure out who she is in Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman book. And so all that plays into here because what we've done, what they have here is uh, these characters come to visit Clark and Lois and Jonathan, their son, their superpowered son, on the, the Kent farm. And um, it's, it's almost like you don't want to talk too much about it to really you know say whose idea it is. But it's, it's a very – it's a family book. It's a it's a growing book again. It, it's something where you have to get past that piece where Bruce is like, "You're not my Superman," right? And, and Diana's like, "I was in love with that Superman, and this is a new Superman, and I recognize that it's a different person." It's almost a way of kind of clearing the air that an audience would, as you're reading different right. issues. You know, at some point if you're reading JLA uh, or, or, or Justice League from um, from Hitch and, and Daniel. 
you're like, well, wait a minute. Wonder Woman and Superman were dating for a long time. Yes, or at least the new 52 Superman. Yeah, and the new 52. And she's she's like, well, the previous Earth yeah, Wonder Woman. Exactly. And, meeting um, or re-meeting the pre-New 52 Superman again, yeah. but doesn't know him. It kind of messes with your it, head. Yeah, it really messes degree. with your head. It'll be interesting when they all remember. But yeah, there's, there's definitely a... So in the sense of that kind of you know getting together and clearing the air and kind of reestablishing their relationship as this triumphant as this trinity that is super important as from a brand standpoint right for for dc this isn't the first trinity series it won't be the last trinity nope, series nope. it's a, um, a, a series that dc perpetually brings back once yeah, every DC few did years. a weekly but if you really want to go back and find the matt wagner uh trinity it was like three prestige formats it really it's in good. trade now yeah have it in hardcover and they it's also gorgeous. did like a weekly for a year they did a weekly One with mark bagley yeah. where mark bagley did almost every issue that's that's the way mark bagley works yes uh and it's half a year i think it's 26 issues oh, it was, okay yeah it was yeah. it was one of those it was it was like listed as a books. weekly yeah it was it was the third weekly that they did but it wasn't uh, it wasn't going to be a year-long weekly from the start. They knew it was going to be like a half okay. a year. It was like 24 or 26 And w- when we mentioned like the weeklies, DC did uh, 52, no relation to New 52 at all. It was a weekly series. Well, that's kind of where they got the <laughs> well, – That's where they yeah, got the titling, they, first did, they, they decided to do something really bold and crazy and do um, coming out of – Crisis uh, on Infinite Earths. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Or Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis. Sorry. See, there's only so many crises. Yes, Infinite Crisis, uh, the – stories that started after the end of infinite crisis the miniseries were set a year later the 52 series was those 52 weeks in real time in a way right in the dcu where batman's gone superman's missing wonder woman is not you know is is not doing anything and it focused on some b characters and it featured um i mean really writers who are no good uh, uh, Jeff Johns, whatever. Some Greg guy Marisorn. named Jeff Johns. Yeah, Grant Grant Morrison, uh, uh, Greg Rucka, Mark you know, uh, some some Mark guy, and Mark Mark Wade, Mark Wade. That. Um, Names you may or may not have heard of. Yeah, so it was four guys who worked together, and if you can ever track down the first prints, yeah, of the trades for Fifty Two, they're all annotated at the end, and there's some very interesting stuff from all four of those writers. And Keith Giffen, who helped, you know, kind of keep the art together. He did very, very rough um, layouts for almost every issue right. to try and keep the, the the tonal and the pacing and the art together where it was supposed to. A number of artists working on it, and and it really worked. It was, it was really, really, it was really amazing. good series. Uh, and then they fill. Then the next year they Countdown, did Countdown, which wasn't had its moments as good, but yeah, just the end, the moments. end really fell apart as it was counting down to Final, Final Crisis. Crisis. Um, that one wasn't as, as, as enjoyable. And then they did Trinity for half a year. I think I don't I don't even think I finished it. And then recently they did Batman Eternal, which was great, and then Batman and Robin Eternal, which wasn't too bad either. But a bi-weekly book for Trinity, Francis Manipal's art. Again, it just it, there's I have a piece of Manipal's art in, in in my house, and he was he did a uh, Superboy for a while. He did. So there's a great piece that he did of the 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 Kent farm, and. It's Superboy, but it really it can be Superman. I mean, it's in black and white. You can't really. It's not even black and white. It's almost like a sepia tone. And it's, yeah, there's, I think you've shown it to me before. It's no. Yeah, there's no like in, super fine detailing yet. Yeah, it's 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 enough that it can be anyone. It's it's obvious that it's Ken Farm. He's wearing the super. He's wearing the black shirt that Connor wore. Yeah. You know the previous Superboy in the pre-New Fifty Two, um, but it's just him on the fence, at the farm, and so the farm is the bulk of it. It's a long piece. It's almost like eleven by seventeen, but turned. 
on like a double uh, on, face on, on, on a, yeah like turned on its vertical and um or horizontal excuse me and it's just it's so gorgeous and so every time i see his art it, it's fantastic he did a great job in in, in um the flash but this is kind of his his piece i love the way he does lois i like his lois so much it's it's so it's it's very soft it's got a really good feel to it. He's, he does a good job of separating Lois from from Diana, uh, as you know, Wonder Woman is there in her Diana form, I guess. Um, but no, everybody looks fantastic. Colors are great. Like I said, it's it's muted. Um, there is a you, you get to it at the end. There is something there, not necessarily you know like an evil force is coming. There's, there's a something. Hook, yeah, there's a hook that at the end. This is kind of the setup of the three of them coming together, and then they discover something on the Kent farm that uh, will require some investigation and so on and so forth. So that's where we're going to go. Some superheroing, but as if, they call it. Yeah, it, it, it's an issue just in itself. Even if you get to the last page and you're like, yeah, I don't care. I think the issue's worth it if you're, if you're really into Rebirth as it really sets up these three characters. Right, and this is really like the first time they're coming together in a way that's a little more tangible in the yeah. Rebirth series. We see we see Superman in, in the series in the Superman series yes. when um, they first come. Uh, when uh, To have a Bruce brief and, discussion yeah. with him, but yeah. it's still and I very think even vague. Then, yeah, it's, it's very much just like, hey, who are you? you know, right. This is... This is uh, they they they're they're coming for dinner basically to sit and, and have conversation and talk with uh, with not only Clark but with Lois and um, and Jonathan as well to kind of find their place in the new universe. It's good, it's good, very very interesting. Uh, it's not plot heavy. It's you know there's not a lot of action, but what yeah. I like is that the main crux of Superman in Rebirth has been directly family. And yeah, and the idea of pe- bringing people together, and he's bringing together the universe again, and it's kind of yeah. nice. And I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by what will be coming next, especially yeah. because it's an interesting hook at the end of the issue. It's again, it's not like you said, it's not earth shattering. Yeah. It's not super villain. No, it's 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 a, it's a soft. Like I said, it's more of an investigation rather yes. than a you know we need to beat people up sort of thing. So I really liked it. I think it's I think it's worth the time. It's one of the the last couple of weeks, we've been kind of up and down with some of these, but I thought it was a very solid. And as someone who's a fan of that that family dynamic of that triumphant, you, you talk about family, and this really is bringing these three characters that if you're going to bring back legacy, you've got to start with these three because the three of them were so close in the pre-New 52 in terms of, you know, they've been heroes for so long and they've been yep. through so much. They've all been, you know, members of the Justice League for a long, long time, you know, off and on. And, and they've any time something uh, monumental would happen, the three of them are usually involved. So it's cool to see them all back together. So for a long time, uh, there was a imprint of DC called Vertigo. And uh, there were books, uh, you may remember some of these like Sandman, Why the Last Man, DMZ. Um, Fables. Fables, Scalped. Basically, DC's way of doing creator-owned books and uh, and getting them published. And for a while, it was, you know, there was the superheroes and then everything that was, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is grown up. This is incredible. Yes. Was Vertigo. The more hard-edged. Yeah. And as, uh, as the rise of Image and some of these other uh, smaller companies had come through and some of those people went to do their own books at Image and here, Vertigo kind of fell by the wayside. And then last year, it kind of imploded. Uh, so they tried something new with a new series every single month, and um, not many of them caught on. So DC has decided 
try it again, change its name to call DC's Young Animal. And the editor is a gentleman by the name of Gerard Way, who you may know from the band My Chemical Romance. And anyone who is like under the age of 25 who wears a lot of black and eyeliner, he's like a god to them, apparently. Sure. Like, but oh, if you I, don't I, listen to his music, you may know him from a fantastic series called Umbrella Academy. Yes, he did Umbrella Academy. So he is no stranger to comics. He is no, 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 not at all. He is no he is no pretender that way. Yeah, and uh, it's one of those fascinating things. I remember when it was like, my Chemical Romance guy is writing a comic book? Yeah. And picking it up and going, it's like, oh, all right, he yeah, knows how to write a comic he's book. Did, uh, he did The Fabulous Killjoys. He did, another so really good book. Yeah, he's, he has had his hand in comics. He's always been a comic book fan. He's always been a creator he's a very talented individual and so he is kind of overseeing this group and we'll be seeing titles that are coming out some are older uh, names like shade the changing man um and then we'll have something new or like shade change girl, changing man. girl sorry yes it's based it's kind of a takeoff on shade the changing man and then um, they did like another Cave carson H. has a cybernetic eye yeah is the next one which is great just for the title uh alone but to kick off everything they have gone with doom patrol uh written by gerard way and illustrated by uh, Nick Darrington. Doom Patrol, of course, has a long history of the kind of freak JLA, I guess. Uh, yeah. People I, that don't fit into the norm. They're the closest thing to a Fantastic Four for the for the DC Universe that we've really got. But but even then, not even accepted. Weirder. Yeah, not accepted yeah. the way the Fantastic Four were. Right. Kind of an X-Men right. group, in a way. You know, they kind of had that X-Men vibe of, you know, being hated and feared by the yes. people they're protecting. Yes, they did. If um, X-Men and Fantastic Four were merged in a transporter yeah. accident, you'd get the, the look fascinating of, yeah. world of Doom Patrol, which I actually love classic Doom Patrol. They were briefly mentioned in Justice League, but they didn't really take on, they didn't do a show, uh, and the only other series that was to close... To do a book, yeah. Yeah, the, the, to do a book. And the only thing that would be close to that was uh, they tried Challengers of the Unknown, another DC exploratory Fantastic Four-esque like, super science group. That nobody and, remembers outside of that uh, Jeff Loeb Tim Sale series, right? <laughs> and nobody, again, no, but nobody's a strong word, but because uh, they're used in uh, Challenges Unknown, they're also used in New Frontier and Darwin. Yeah, Cook's yeah, and I, again, another another really really fun set of characters that is yeah. is rarely used. Yeah, my Doom Patrol, the only Doom Patrol I've ever read is Grant Morrison's, run. and Grant Morrison's run was fantastic. Yeah, and it's also super weird. Like oh, it's, it is. It's super it's crazy. Yeah. So it's going to be There's like scissors people, and they're cutting the fa fabric of reality or something like that. I can't remember most of it because I wasn't, I, you know, I was of the right mind when I read it, instead of just you know whacked out of my gourd. So I probably didn't understand most of it, but it was quite intriguing and quite fun. Uh, so this series is kind of a mix of both because there's some there's some weird interludes here. We have the classic team kind of coming back together in a way but our two main characters are not members not former members of the uh the, the doom patrol we have right. um we have uh two emts ambulance driver uh casey and the uh what's the name of the other emt there she calls him samson for some reason uh but i don't think his name actually is samson i think it's casey yeah anyway uh so we're introduced to these characters who you know don't have any connection that i know of to pre pre uh, Doom Patrol entities, and um, but K Casey's omniscient uh, narration here is very odd. You know, there's something else to her. It doesn't seem like she's just oh, I'm just a regular EMT. Like she is definitely uh, something else. 
Um, well, and she makes mention of her mom. Told her, you know, be yeah, the shining light. Be a bright light in a black, in black hole. hole. She and then that was the before she got... I'm liberating she... planets one angry sprite at a time. Um, it's just... It's, it's, I, I, it's kind of... Odd. And then we see this, this world uh, that apparently exists inside of a euro. This book right. made me hungry for a euro. He's eating. He's eating a euro here as they're on break, waiting for. It's their also next the day. sticker on the book that you peel. Yes, the sticker. There Which is a again, sticker on I lo- the book. I have a love hate relationship with covers that do things like this because one, it's really fun and it's kind of interactive, and you can put the sticker back. It's like a more like a decal. It's not yeah, like a glued on sticker. But it's also one of those things too where there's going to be a lot of people trying to sell it in the future. Like, oh, you got Doom Patrol number one. Where's the, the where, Where's the hero? What? Where's the Euro? Phone? Where's the Euro? Where's the Euro? Going? The Euro fell off. Uh, yeah, when they arrived last week, I'm like, oh, this might not be good. We might be seeing stickers all over the store. Uh, but yes, so the Euro plays an important part because there's like a, a society in the Euro, a Euro, and the, uh, I can't remember the robot character's name. Is that Cliff? Maybe it's Cliff. Gosh darn it. Robot Man. Robot Man. That's literally his name. Yeah, his, yeah, his, his name is Cliff, yes. but his Robot Man yeah, yeah. would be so the Doom Cliff. Patrol Cliff name. Is yeah, so, so Robot Man is kind of there, and then there's an explosion, and it's just it's just nuts. And then we see uh, the the Niles Calder, who's like kind of their Professor X version, and he's um he's making beats in the woods, so that's cool. Uh, we've got uh, Ricardo, which I think he was wasn't he the Invisible One? Oh, the energy in the in the um, wrapped up in the bandages or whatever. Yes. So yeah, it, it is a it is a kind of like getting the band back together sort of thing with Negative these man. other characters, uh, and then there's this very odd meeting in the middle. And Negative Man and Mento are the other two. Yeah, that we got a. I don't think we saw Mento. I think we saw no. Negative Man, but we, we didn't see Mento. Man, yeah. Um, and then we have an odd. It's ending. a it's a bizarre book because it's yeah. Casey's birthday, but it's her unbirthday. Yes. And yeah, this, and this character just shows up and and it's like, oh, I'm gonna live in your apartment. Okay, cool. It's like there's so much going on. Oh, by the way, we got to rebuild uh, Cliff Robot Man. Yeah. Like, wait, what? What are you talking? And but then, it, yeah. it it looks cool. It's very very quick. Uh, it's just given to you as boom boom boom. The tra- there's not. Oh yeah. There's purposely not. It's tr- purposely that way. And it there. feels like, especially for it's like we we've read classic Doom Patrol and at least and it, even for people who know about the Doom Patrol lore, it's a book that treats the audience very much like Casey in that this is going to be a little different because these are the old Doom Patrol members. They've been scattered about. We don't know what happened to them. But you you as the Raider are Casey, and you're going to be dragged into this, and you're not going to know what's going on. Yeah. And I, I really dug basically the idea that, like, you're coming for a riot, everybody. Yeah, it's very much a uh, 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 hold on, and we'll get there at some point. Um. I just love that, like, robot. She sees Robot Man uh, just walking across the street and gets hit by a car. And they just by, like, like, a garbage truck. Like, a garbage truck. And they just, like, gather the pieces, like, C3PO. Yeah, and she no. takes it back to her apartment and just, like, well, we got to fix him, right? Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's weird in a fun way. You know, it's just sort of like, hey, cool. All this stuff is going on. I don't know what any of it means. And then we've got a crazy, kooky alien yeah, or trans-dimensional cult. So they look thing. like board members. And there's a lot of weird stuff. And it's like, good, good. So I didn't I, notice the, tra- the the garbage can that destroys him. Is filled with, like, teddy, filled bears with teddy bears and plush toys. This is, again, said, a lot of There might be little pieces that, that, are, that are going on. Gerard Way is probably, uh, I know, um, 
I don't think I've read Umbrella Academy, come to think of it, but I read the first couple issues of Fabulous Killjoys. I was lost. So lost. But people who love that series love that series. So he definitely has uh, a, a lot of cache. And it's a lot of people who are excited definitely got that, that love of the Grant Morrison Doom yeah, Patrol in it's this. Yeah, it, it's kind of a mix of, of a lot of different stuff. You know, I think he's pulling pieces from different different eras of the Doom Patrol in order to, or different incarnations of the Doom Patrol in order to make up something uh, something new. You know, they take all those pieces yes. and put them together in a new a new stew. Yeah, very they, interesting. Very, um, very interesting. Much like, you know, we talked about Deathstrike. It's one of those things I kind of look at and go, I don't know if this is for me. It's not bad by any means. I'm not reading it going, oh, this is terrible. Um but it's also one I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm smart enough to get this. I'm not one of the cool kids that understands all this stuff. Uh, speaking of not understanding stuff, uh, Seven to Eternity, number one. Rick Remender and Jerome Opinia's new Image Comics creator-owned book. Remender and Opinia uh, worked on um, X-Force. They did. Uh, that was a it was great amazing. Series. You know, Remender worked with other people as well, but Remender's X-Force is some of the best x-men related stuff that you'll you'll ever see in, and then, in um, many many moons as a guy yeah. who like read x-men on and off uh the x-force run that he did it was the one that made me like all right i've got an x-men book again and it's x-force yeah he, he kind of just took his his little team and 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 did something amazing with them i have the omnibus the, the two omnibus for it that uh make up his run of that series i'm a big rick remender fan he does a lot of stuff that uh that I enjoy, uh, but he is one of those guys. Like, uh, and, and I kind of put him in that, that Jonathan Hickman case where you may not know what's going on as you're first reading it, but you know there's something there. Uh, Seven to Eternity takes place on another world. It's a fantasy story. Uh, there is a full text page to start journal of Adam Ositis, Ositius, or maybe Ositius. Um, as he's kind of describing this world and these characters and, and the, the opposition, the Mud King or the God of Whispers, depending on where you're from and how you feel. And then we get into our art pages as they're they're out. Uh, very sword and sorcery. Yeah, very much. And, and it's well, it's kind of got a, an old West feel to yeah. it to a certain degree, um, but it's definitely otherworldly. You know, there's not the, the, the creatures are different. Uh, there's magic through right. throughout. It is gorgeous. Jerome Pena. Uh, beautiful book would, yeah, interesting world too and that, that's why I say sword and sorcery because the it's got like mystical aspects to it we get to see sort of the magic of the universe we have very very strange creatures yeah. and it has that feel of a uh, little bit of that Lord of the Rings feel in fact you just turned to the page I was going to reference where we get a map of their world yeah. it's almost like a snapshot of the maps uh, within Middle Earth yeah interesting stuff and it does give you that feel of where is this earth you know, is this in the future? Is this in the past? There's also some technology that is very familiar to us. Uh, you also flip through a page where uh, we get to see uh, weapons and ammunition, very, very familiar style yeah. stuff. But then it gets crazy, and there are flying squid monsters. So the world is very, very interesting. It's got, I mean, uh, if you used to play Magic the Gathering, some of the creature designs look straight out of Magic cards, which <laughs> I appreciated greatly. Well, there's great design work in this. Oh, my um, God. It's a beautiful, beautiful book, and it's yeah. a fascinating book. This book is is if there was a book to describe world building, this book is definitely that. Like here is the world, not much of a story yet, but it's there. But here's the world that you need to get used to very very quickly, or things are going to become very very hard yeah. to follow. Um, Remender opinions uh, when he was doing X Force with the with Remender, there is a uh, there's basically like a 
what do you want to call it a sphere yep. or something that builds this world inside of it it's one of the storylines that's in it and, but it isn't earth again you know it's it's it grows on its own and there's other creatures and there's other you know beings within it so he's done a lot of that kind of design work yeah, uh, remender also does a great series called black science with uh mateo scalara uh black science again scalara does this brilliant design work through this as they're traveling from world to world dimension to dimension um remender and scalara's uh black science number one is one of my favorite issues single issues that i've read in years because it's an issue that presents itself very straightforward. And again, I'm talking about Black Science 1, in which there's a, your main character is in point A, and he has to get to point B. And so the action is very straightforward. Yeah. But the omniscient narration that he has in his head is there's something else that's going on. There's something deeper for what you guys are doing. Uh, I felt the same way here with Remender and Opeña's piece, uh, or the book here for Seven to Eternity the kind of basis of the plot action whatever you want to call it is really easy to follow the world that you're in is very very different yes and you are trying to pick play catch up in a good way as you're trying to figure out who this this mud king is what is his opposition to this dimensional war that people are fighting that these guys have removed themselves from still if the patriarch of the family has removed them from from this war we're not doing this we're not gonna you know fall under the the lies of this whisperer um there's a battle at the beginning which is gorgeously done there's a you know a henchman creature thing that looks like galactus if he you know went anorexic yeah if he was like a skeleton monster uh but just it just looks so good the action's really good um i trust remender you know we talked about this you talked about this with christopher priest in, in in deathstroke that you kind of trust this character to see where this sort of thing is going Jonathan Hickman is yeah. to me. Jonathan Hickman and, and Rick Remender are very much uh, in that same kind of vein for me. You know, not the same person or anything, um, but they both do something that I really like, which is I can read something Hickman's Fantastic Four run. Within the first third of it, I'm going, "Oh my! I don't even know what's going on anymore." Right. But he brings it all around and brings it back together. Remender does it in Uncanny X Force. He did it in Fear Agent. I don't know if anyone's ever read Fear Agent. That That's book another is fantastic amazing. Theory. Apena does a big portion of Fear Agent as well. So this is a their crew that's been together for a long time. And it also helps when you read the book. There's a note in the back where he kind of explains where some of this has come from and, and th- yes. that process. It's very important read, to read yeah. because there are Please a lot of pieces it. in it that kind of give you a nice little, you know, dunk, dunk, dunk into this universe. It, it kind of reminded me, again, going back to East of West, which is Jonathan Hickman's book. Right, with, which um, is very like Nick Dark Gerotta. Tower inspired. Yeah. There's a source book that came out like two years ago that furthered my understanding of what the hell was going on. Because John Hickman's working on a different level. If you've ever seen any of the books that he's done on himself, you look at Pax Romana, he's, he works in charts and graphs and yeah. infographics and everything. He's very much, he's a, he's a huge designer and he's trying to distill these very visual uh, graphs and info types and dumping it into a prose narrative when he does something like um, like Pax Romana, uh, it's presented just very matter-of-fact, boom, yeah. boom, boom. So when you get to that East of West source book, you're like, okay, now I get what all these different nations are. Now I get a lot of the backstory as to what yes. they're... Because and he does it, it's 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 he does long form. Rick Remenders does long form. Jonathan Hickman introduces characters in the very first East of West that you don't see for another like six seven issues. Right. They've dumped this whole thing. It's the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. They've dumped that for like a year. 
they show up a, a couple issues and are like, oh yeah, that's what this is supposed to be about. But you have this council of these you know different nations coming together and whatever's going on. So here again, there's something there's something bigger, uh, but it, it's presented in a way that's very easy to the follow. The of Zal. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And for you music fans, in his afterward, he does have a playlist. Uh, I believe uh, books like Lumberjanes did that, and a few other. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of ones that do that. that. I know a, the Garth Ennis used to do that. A Garth Ennis used to do it a long doing... time ago, but it started to be like a trending thing in comics where writers will like, "Hey, here's the music I was listening to." Yeah. But yeah, please read the afterword by him. It explains a lot of his this is, inspirations. This is how n- non-cool I am. I know a lot of it, but I don't know a lot of it. I'm like, okay, I know Radiohead. I know Alt-J, Kendrick Lamar. Okay, Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad Religion. I don't know who L-1011 is. Uh, Galaxy 500. Don't know who that is. Yeah, Sleep Makes Waves. But they are it, – it is cool. I do like these because it helps me kind of discover what the cool kids are listening to. Right. You know? What are the, what are the yeah, young I'm people looking, I'm always to? looking for other – for, for other things. There was a couple of... Uh, uh, Garth Ennis also used to do books. That's how I got turned on to Stephen Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Stephen, he put the end of a book, uh, end of a preacher issue, and he said he had just finished Stephen Hunter's um, Dirty White Boys, and he said, go to the store, go to your book, go to your bookstore, read the first page, and if you don't buy the book, write to me. I'll give you the money that was you would have used to buy the book. And the first page just grabs you like that. Stephen Hunter has become one of my favorite writers ever. Dirty White Boys is amazing. You want you want an action book that's just oh oh it's so good. Everything he's done is is fantastic. Um, Point of Impact, which is I guess Shooter, was okay. what they changed it to. So he does that kind of stuff. It's it's been great. But Seven to Eternity, I, I really like this book. And, and if anything, it's worth it just because Jerome Pena's art is gorgeous. Um, so we hope this goes far. I hope this is sort of their version of, uh, of, uh, 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 what's the book? East to West. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, a book that you look at now and it's, you know, up in its, in its high twenties and you're like, holy crap, this book's been going on for a while. Yes. You know, it's like yeah. three years to get to it or so. I mean, that book came out, I think when I first started working. Right. There. It's had a lot of delays and stuff. Yeah. It's... Well, they take that thing because that way Nick Jagroda, who's the artist who worked with Jonathan Hickman doing FF. When uh, when he killed Johnny Storm in Fantastic Four, and they changed his book to FF, and then the book came back. And then, anyway, uh, to keep Jagroda to do every single issue, they take those breaks. Right, it, and it's, it, it's it's perfectly acceptable. Standard practice now with Image. Oh yeah, Fiona Staples and, and Brian K. Vaughn do it for Saga. For Saga, yeah, and so it's, that it, she can do each one. And I, I think would we'll rather... probably see the same thing here, where you're going to get six issues in a trade. Right. Four months off, six issues in a trade. And if that's what it takes for Jerome to, and I'm okay with that. Book, I, yeah. I, a lot of people do want that monthly book. But I, I'm the kind of person that's like, I would rather, you know, everyone's, think, want, they want the artist-writer team. You know, a lot yeah. of people always get wary uh, when uh, the artists shift. But yeah. I'd rather the book take a couple months to give well, them yeah, time it's a different to sort of thing. I mean, it's, your, it's your book. Image is just simply a publisher. So, yes. you know, it's up to you. And if your sales fail because you're, you, you gave yourself a year off, that's going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt Image. You know, they're, yeah. they're going to get their money back from publishing one way or the other. Yeah. Um, we'll do trades or whatever. Yeah, but it, you know, once you once their their bills are paid, then the rest of it is yours. If you can't pay their their bills, then it just uh, their publishing bills. It's like you're 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 s out of luck. So, um, so yeah, we've got uh, four books again. We usually like like we said the, the kind of the mandate of this. If it's something we don't like, we usually don't talk about it. Try to keep things as positive as we can. Yeah, um, and we can. And yeah, we're gonna slowly shift to the other out. books too. Yeah, and uh, I think soon I want to do – I don't know if you've ever saw this. It's like a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. There was a hashtag running around. It was like hashtag four comics. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah, the four comics that are like the most – either your favorite or your most important or whatever. And uh, I think we may do that show. I think we may actually do that show with Rich because I'm really interested to know okay. what his four were as well. 
um, I had a lot of fun with it trying to narrow down like what are the four I went with importance I was like what are my four most important books and why I thought it would be a fun one just to do as a round table. Yeah, as and especially as comic to slingers, for. too. Everybody yeah. has a go-to that we're like, we love this book. This is why. Yeah, they'd, um, they they did one. Uh, one of the artists I follow a little while ago was doing what it was like the 10, your 10 favorite single issues. It could be trades. I was like, I can't even That's do so that. That's so hard. I that... can't even do issues. I'm like, oh, like I can give you four or five that I know. Are like, those, those are amazing. Those are amazing. Jonathan Hickman's uh, The Fantastic Four special, where uh, – uh, uh, <laughs> Nazi Reed is like the main character of it. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. it was kind of like how the, the the Council of Reeds got formed and what it was. That's one of the, as a single issue. It's amazing. You know, I have my favorite Uncanny issue, my favorite Avengers issue, um, even Star Wars. There's a Star Wars issue that I love as much as anything else. But uh, yeah, I think we might do we might do that that four comics one. I want to do that one too. So yeah, we'll be we'll be branching out. We still got some rebirth to cover. We're still waiting for Teen Titans. We're still waiting for um, Super Sons. Yeah, that's uh, another one that yeah. uh, I was expecting a little bit sooner. I'm surprised it's this late in the game. I think they're just waiting until. Well, I think part and of it is also a lot of stuff set up in these. Well, books also, yeah, too, if you read so. Superman, I think you you'll figure out why when you yes. get to number six, why they weren't going to release it to start because people are just finding out about Jonathan. Um, so that was one of the reasons that they held it, but they wanted to do get it out there early to let people know to be excited about it yeah. and i think a lot of people are excited for that book a lot of people are excited for people of Teen Wayne, titans too so, so people we'll, are going to uh, be happy to see him in a in a more forefronted role and there's some other people who do not like damian wayne at all yes uh but that's going to wrap it up for us this week um i don't know if you have anything you want to finish with no no i think we read some good books anything else yeah. that you checked out this week that, yeah if uh, you have anything um our nerdables facebook page is the place to go you can come on there uh, let us know what you're enjoying. If there's anything you want us to review, anything Superman that you're Seven interested. was out this week. That was awesome. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I was looking forward to. It. There's actually a lot of books this week. Yeah, there's, there's, a, lot there's a lot of books. Uh, Superman yeah. Seven is a lot the, of stuff that's in the middle. That's what's tough. And that's the thing with Marvel. Marvel's kind of in the middle of everything. They don't have right. any Civil big War is like Civil War Two issue five. Or issue five. That's super late. And it's uh, already it's getting delayed more, isn't it? Well, there's nine issues now, so right. it probably won't be done till the end of next year. The end of May. Well, maybe it won't be done till the end of next year. Um, so yeah, we're going to get some Marvel stuff in here, but the problem is we're, we're not having to do it, so we're probably going to do trades with Marvel. Uh, we might talk about Vision at some point. I don't know if you've read Vision. I read the last Vision series. Okay, I'm going to read this one with Tom King. The first issue was amazing. Like It was one of the best Is it things. the family Vision one? Yeah. Okay, I've started reading that one. Yeah, that's the one. Get get through that, because I want to... I've actually saved a lot of that to go. I also want to do uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because that was I cool. really, really like that. That was really, really cool. That was really, really cool. That. Honda Mansion comes out today. That's exciting. That's Disney a, yes, Kingdoms, that's another one. The Disney, Disney Kingdom's Kingdom imprint. It's uh, fun. It's very yeah. Very it's fun. very fun. This has been the biggest one because Honda Mansion, of course, is it's a ride. Is biggest. It's, it's huge. Um, but it's it, it was just, yeah, it was really really well done. So yeah, we'll be branching out as we as we go forward. But uh, that's it for this week. Uh, for my partner Sebastian, this is Chris. Talking to you, and you. We will talk to you next week.